Hey everyone! That was a stupid intro. Let's do that again. <laughs> it's like the trumpet fanfare when they announce a queen into the castle. <laughs> hey everyone! Welcome back to Blood and Guts, and welcome to part duh of. <laughs> We're getting bilingual up in here. Welcome to part two of John Benet Ramsey and the final part. You're finally going to get to hear Jenna's voice. God, yeah. R.I.P. to all of you. I also, <laughs> I also wasn't even laughing at the fact that we went bilingual. It was more of the like lengthy pause as I heard you figure out how to say two in any other language. <laughs> part. And I didn't, even, I didn't even choose the language I'm currently learning or the language that I am second most familiar with. I chose Or even French. third most familiar with. You went down to number four. I really did. I skipped Italian. I skipped Romanian. I skipped Spanish. And then... Oh, that's even worse because you also skipped English. You're down to number five. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... <laughs> We are a... multilingual queens. We are. Your audience. But at the cost of losing brain cells each time. <laughs> each time we speak in a different language, it's another randomly obscure one where we only know a number. Correct. <laughs> Dear God. Uh, anyway, today we are talking, um, we are talking suspects, we're talking theories, we're talking um, pedophiles. Um, and yeah, according to Genesis, only a little bit of pedophilia, just a little dash. <laughs> according to Genesis, we have a lot of pages to get through, so let's so just jump right in. Pages, so many pages. <laughs> I really, I really said, I really took the easier part of this case, and I really said, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna cover the case. I'm gonna cover the crime scene. Jenna, you know what you can do? Everything <laughs> after that. See, the problem is, is that in my head, I was like, yeah. I'm getting away with, like, highway robbery right now. Like, the investigation and the suspects is going to be easy. It's going to be so easy. And it turns out Surprise. it is like two-thirds of our doodle time. Yup. <laughs> so, yeah, you went from not hearing my voice to you're going to have it ingrained in your All up in your ears. Um, no. Okay, <laughs> okay. okay. We're leaping back into the investigation. I know that in yours, you just said that it was general pursuing of the Ramses, the case kind of opening, closing. I spent two sentences on opening it. Opening again. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. But there's more, as I soon found out. More than I thought there was, which was both pleasant and terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, throughout many, many years, experts, media commentators, and the Ramsey family themselves have identified potential suspects, so everybody everywhere has theories of who did it and why. The Ramseys identified suspects the day of. Like, they said- Ramsey's identified suspects, like, probably, like, a week in advance. They're like, you know what, just in case my daughter ends up murdered in the basement, (laughs) here's who I know did it. Like, they probably figured this out, like- on her daughter like on their daughter's birthday they're like here Mm -hmm. we go just in case well her birthday's in august and this was in december well yeah that makes sense (laughs) i mean like they had it they had it down but experts like years after the murder media during and after and still today just like we were talking about before you still see jean Monnet's face 
everywhere. Mm-hmm. But if you look, she's still she's still hip and cool with the kids. Um, never mind. <laughs> Um, the Boulder police initially focused almost exclusively on John and Patsy, but by October 1997, Duh. they had over 1,600 people in the index of persons of interest for the case. So, they went from two to 1,600. <laughs> uh, yeah, there were a lot of people in this, yeah. like, involved in this thing. Well, it also didn't help that there were several errors in the initial investigation that complicated oh, the investigation sure. and the theories, such as, Looking you know, at you, Ramsey family minister. Yeah, you know, um, loss and contamination of evidence, lack of experience and technical staff in the investigation, the fact that evidence was shared with the Ramseys a lot, <laughs> and that they just overall delayed informal interviews with the parents. They kind of took this as like a casual side gig instead of like a hardcore like child homicide. Yeah. Like, you would have thought for, like, for how long and how big that this case got, that there would have been a little more, maybe? <laughs> but I mean, was nothing. Things were, no. things were lost. People were like, this is totally what happened. But it was, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lou Smith was a detective who came out of retirement in early 1997 in order to- I read about that. Yeah, in order to assist the Boulder County's district attorney's office with this case so he really looked at this and said he's like yes i'm not retired anymore he's like y'all ain't doing this right let me <laughs> step going, in you're doing so bad that i'm coming back to work um and in may 1998 he presented his findings to the police with other da staff members concluding that evidence pointed away from the ramses but he was ultimately unable to challenge the police belief that the ramses were guilty so, you know, even though there wasn't really any evidence, the police were still like, it was totally one of them. Mm-hmm. And therefore didn't really pursue any of the other, you know, 1,598 options. Thank you, Boulder County Police. Woo-woo, <laughs> <laughs> DA's office coming in. Uh, because of that, the DA's office wanted to take control of the investigation, which led to several just struggles between the police department and the DA's office. They're trying to solve the same case, but no one's doing it right. Uh, which just led to pressure to obtain a conviction. And eventually, the entire governor of Colorado, shout out to Roy Romer, interceded <laughs> and named Michael Kane as a special prosecutor to initiate a grand jury. Because this got so out of hand. <laughs> they were like, no, we're doing this. <laughs> Well, and it also kind of sucked in terms of this case going anywhere, in terms of new evidence, new anything, was that two of the lead investigators had completely opposing views. (laughs) And both of them... You know? (laughs) Both of them, Lou Smith and another one named Steve Thomas, uh, ultimately resigned. (laughs) He just got fed up. (laughs) Yeah, this man came out of retirement, stayed in for a couple years, and then was like, you're not doing this right. Uh, Lou Smith resigned because he believed that the investigation had incompetently overlooked the intruder hypothesis, and Steve Thomas ultimately resigned because he believed, factually this was correct, that the DA's office had interfered with and failed to support the police investigation of the case. So they both ditched it, both for very (laughs) valid reasons. There was, For sure. there was so much struggle within the police department with this that it is really no surprise that they got a fat load of nowhere for a very long time. Yeah. 
because everyone believed that they were right, but but moved at yeah. a total one mile per hour and finding out who did it. A house divided against itself cannot stand. It was that is no, they're crippled. They're six feet under the ground. <laughs> they can't stand. Uh, but the grand jury convenes beginning September fifteenth, nineteen ninety eight to consider indicting the Ramseys for charges related to the case. Uh, And in 1999, the grand jury returned to Trueville in order to charge the Ramseys with placing the child at risk in a way that led to her death and with obstructing a murder investigation based on their probable cause standards, since they were being told bits of evidence and things involving the investigation, they were able to try to say, like, you're not helping. Okay, so at the very least, they could have gotten convicted of that. Like, well, yeah, and that's why they went with a true bill, which is basically just saying they have just enough evidence to believe that a person probably committed a crime, and that's mm, how they're okay. able to be indicted. It's not saying like you did it, but it's saying like with what we have, you you probably, probably did, it. <laughs> did it. So why not do this? Which I just think is hilarious, that they can just be like, yeah, you most likely did this. Um, (laughs) Like, but of course. Um, The Boulder County District Attorney, Alex Hunter, did not prosecute them uh, because he didn't believe that he could meet the higher standard of proving guilt beyond a reasonable doubt that is actually required for a criminal conviction. So he he didn't want to indict them on the, like, possibly enough evidence because he was worried that, like, the kickback from media and everybody else was that like he didn't have enough substantial evidence to actually prove it they just had enough got it okay that it was possibly them got it all right because everyone at this point including the ranties themselves was like can we have the person who really did it like in yeah. jail not yeah hey can we have maybe possibly yeah. <laughs> in jail um and then Mary Lacey, who is the next Boulder County District Attorney, since we're just going through them, <laughs> we have a whole set. Uh, she took over the investigation from the police on December 26, 2002. So long, not really that long in the future, but it was, a couple of years. Yeah. Which just goes to show how long this is still taking. Yeah. Uh, and then in April of 2003, she agreed with a federal judge that investigation in the lawsuit is more consistent with the theory that an intruder murdered John Monet than it was with the theory that Mrs. Ramsey did. So they're going back and forth still. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then on yeah. July 9th, 2008, the Boulder County DA's office announced that as a result of newly developed DNA sampling and testing techniques, mainly like touch DNA analysis, the Ramsey mm-hmm. family members were completely excluded as suspects in the case. Okay, see, here's the thing. I, I obviously, I trust psychology more than, I'm going to sound so stupid saying this on the podcast, but it's almost like I trust DNA, or no, that's not what I was going to say. It's almost like I trust psychology more than I trust DNA because it's, I, because I just can't explain it. I feel like a human's brain and the makeup of it and what we understand of it is more trustworthy than something that can be faked because DNA can be faked. Psychology cannot. Yeah. Touch DNA. Actually, like this was like the main big case that it was first used on where it was like first. There could have been so many mistakes in that. 
Yeah. It is pretty cool, though, as, like, a concept, because it only Mm -hmm. requires, like, eight cells from your, like, most superficial skin layer. Like, it requires bare minimum, which is Mm -hmm. also why I think that it's a great tool, but at the same time, like, that's so little. (laughs) This was also when? The 90s? Like, how advanced are we here? Well, this was in 2008. It wasn't used until then so like they so <laughs> they weren't kidding. considered us they don't they didn't really consider the ramsey suspects anymore but this was the thing that they were like absolutely not all right like they didn't even like t- like there aren't even seven to eight outermost skin cells on her that belong to these people so mary lacy just publicly exonerated the ramses and from then on they were treated like least valuable suspects like if it's not the other 1,598 people, then it's them. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything. We'll get in, I We're got saying lot. nothing in this episode. We're just theorizing. Just you wait. I have <laughs> eight more pages, and we're getting into the dirty stuff. And in all of those eight pages, we're still just theorizing. Hell yeah. (laughs) Um, February 2nd, 2009, Boulder Police Chief Mark Beckner announced that Stan Garnett, who was the new Boulder County (laughs) DA, uh, was turning the case over to his... Let's keep a tally. How many DAs have we gone through? Too many. So this case was officially turned over to the police from the DA after it had... It's been through a full cycle now. It went from the police yeah. to the DA's office. Now it's back to the police <laughs> in, like, early 2009. Uh, and his team resumed investigating it. Uh, but Garnet found that the statute of limitations for the crimes identified in the 1999 grand jury true bill had expired and then did not pursue review of the case against the Ramseys. So the Ramsey family was kind of officially let go by both the DA's office and the police department in terms of being suspects like, real, legit suspects in the investigation. Got it, okay. Yeah, so even, like, to the public. Public exoneration, like, they were pretty much cleared. Okay. That's like, we'll only talk to you if we need more information about your daughter, not because we think you did it. Got it, alright. Um, October 2010, Boulder Police reopens the cold case officially, and new interviews were conducted following a fresh inquiry by a committee which included state and federal investigators. Uh, Police were expected to use the latest DNA tech in their investigation, but there was absolutely no information gleaned from the the new interviews. (laughs) They got nothing new. Nice. Um, And as as reported, the latest one was in September 2016. The investigation into John Monet's death is still an active homicide case. According to... So as as of now, it's still open? As of September 2016... It was reported that it is still an active homicide case. Okay, so it's not a cold case. No. A- okay. According we, to... Okay. According to... we said it was a cold case in the first episode, and I was like, is that right? But I didn't edit, say that. You or, asked me if it was, and I said... Yes, that. right. I. <laughs> yeah, and you were like, it's probably closer to a cold case. I had no idea, but okay, I mean, now I know. A lot changes in almost four years, but, you know, yeah. according to the current Boulder Police Chief in 2016... <laughs> Greg Testa, still a new yeah. name. <laughs> it's an active case. There were so many people's names in this that I was like, wow. Each person is mentioned once because of how long this case has been active. 
<laughs> we're just going through and we're collecting sets. Uh, but in 2015, Mark Beckner disagreed with exonerating the Ramses. And going back in time, he was the Boulder police chief at the time. He disagreed with exonerating them uh, because, quote, exonerating anyone based on a small piece of evidence that has not yet been proven to even be connected to the crime is absurd. To which I say, quote, correct. <laughs> I also, I'm also, that's, that in itself is correct. In this situation, I mean, I guess still correct, but like personal <laughs> opinion, like. Uh, he he was also the one to try to like narrow down this investigation more from, you know, the 1600 people they had, stating mm-hmm. that, the, that the unknown DNA from Chamonix's clothing has got to be the focus of the investigation at that point in time, and that, quote, the suspect is the donator of the unknown DNA. To which I once again say, quote, correct. (laughs) But he was the one who's... Thank you for quoting yourself as you spoke the words. You know, Genesis Gonzalez, you know, May 7th, 2020, correct. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Um, That's our merch. We put put it on a t-shirt, just correct. Yeah. (laughs) Use it as your senior quotes, guys. I'm faint. Blood and guts. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, in 2016, Gordon Coombs, is how I believe you pronounce his last name. It looks pretty funky. I like it. Um, he was a former investigator who the DA's office also questioned the total absolution of the Ramses, saying, We all shed DNA all the time within our skin cells. To clear somebody just on the premise of touch DNA especially when you have a situation where the crime scene wasn't secure at the beginning, dot, 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 really is a stretch. Uh, Okay, and also you have to think that the Ramses had so many people in and out of their house, not just by the crime scene, but in general, because they were a rich family. They had, like, housekeepers. They probably had gardeners. They probably had people to do everything for them. So you can't just rule that out. Well, they also only really blocked off at the beginning, when they were still trying to find Jaminet, they only really blocked off her room. Her bedroom. And yeah. then they only really blocked off the basement. Yeah. And people were still just in and about. And, like, I'll talk about this later, but, like, Mary Lacey, like, started talking to the Ramses. That's how they shared the evidence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, from, like... it's from the new Boulder County DA. That's where they got it from. <laughs> <sighs> So this was just a mess to begin with. Um, and then Stephen E. Pitt, who is a forensic, forensic psychologist hired by Boulder authorities, said that the public exoneration was a big slap in the face for everyone who had been working on the case for years. Which, okay. once again, is correct. <laughs> so you have people who are totally for the idea that they're innocent, and then people who believe that it was a mistake to so publicly and so like absolutely say that they didn't do it because now yeah, it's but... so much harder especially with like the media and everything to be able to pull these people back in after years of saying we know you didn't do it imagine trying... yeah i can see that yeah imagine trying to pull those people in three years later to say hey we just gotta make super sure you didn't murder and assault your child yeah. like <laughs> after years come on all right now we're going into the long section titled Theories and Suspects. Ooh, okay. <laughs> it's kind of all over the place because everything is intertwined so so well in this. 
I have tried to separate it as best I could. Um, we appreciate your service. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go through the theories pretty much as separate as I can make them. And su- okay. suspects will be named within said theories as they come up. Got it. They All are, right. And I just know that we've done before it as separate sections. They are they are yeah. being fit into into their corresponding sections this time because I am very small and tired. <laughs> and this is what I need to be able to read. And also, these are not facts. These are theories. Yes. For <laughs> legal reasons. We're not saying anything. Oh, we're not, yeah. we're not I have that section too. We're not doing you have any a legal section of defamation here. We are not CBS <laughs> News. We are merely restating theories, restating possible suspects, which were never proven to be really connected to this case at all. And, you know, for legal reasons, uh, my name is not Genesis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's Deborah, and we live in... Yeah, um, um, we're, Deb- uh, we're Deborah and Susan. Residents of North Carolina, look us up in the phone book. (laughs) (laughs) Who uses a phone book anymore? You know, I feel like police would. It doesn't really matter (laughs) since we're fake people anyways. (laughs) All right. First main theory up is the family member theory, which I feel like you can pick apart by title alone. (laughs) Uh, But initially in in the investigation... Uh, they really took a quick turn on this one. They initially concentrated exclusively on John and Patsy Ramsey. Uh, and according to Greg McCrary, who is a retired profiler with the FBI, uh, stated statistically, it is a 12 to 1 probability that it's a family member or caregiver who is involved in the homicide of a child. So police yeah, were and, uh, narrowed in on this. Yeah, uh, I I yeah. get that. Uh, mainly because there was also no evidence of forced entry, but there was definite evidence of staging the scene. For example, that really long ransom note, which was written on Patsy's stationery, but didn't match her handwriting, and a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. from around the house. It just seemed very put together, staged, and so people were like, yeah, you know who would be really easy for? The people that live here. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Ramsey said... That their reluctance initially to cooperating and helping the police solve the death of their daughter uh, was due to the fear that there would not be a full investigation for intruders and that, w- and that they would be hastily selected as key suspects in the case. So, okay. um, you know, and that really backfired on them. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. But, like, they wouldn't initially, like, agree to, like, separate interviews They'd made everything, like, very difficult. They'd try to hide behind a lot of, like, their legal team in that. I know. They always did that, and it's so infuriating. which their own personal reasoning, as given to, like, magazines, people in the media, whatever, was like, we were just afraid that people would think that we did it. Except by avoiding all of it, people thought that they did it. (laughs) Even more. Yeah, and, like, I can't blame them. At that point, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I would think that you did it, too, if you didn't <laughs> want to talk to the police. Like, that's that's normally, like, the number one red flag. If you avoid mm-hmm. the police, ding, ding, ding. We <laughs> got ourselves a winner. Um, one family possibility was that Patsy struck John Bonet in a fit of rage after a bedwetting episode 
and strangled her to cover up what happened after mistakenly thinking that she was already dead. Okay, yeah, this one I've heard before. Yeah, Patsy, however, There's something about a bathtub or something, and... Well, that was a different... Different one? Okay, well, I I heard that that Patsy's struck on the head. That was an actual that happened. Oh, oh. Kind of. There was a lot of mixed, like, facts regarding how Patsy (laughs) dealt with Chambonet and her bedwetting difficulties, which, you know, you're a kid. You get a pass on that. (laughs) <laughs> um, but she had, however, no known history of uncontrolled anger. So they were like, she could have, but why? Yeah. Um, and then Burke later said that his parents had never laid a finger on either of them, let alone had the potential to kill their children. So this one okay. kind of went out the window. Uh, but theoretically, the strangulation could have been a red herring in order to conceal other elements of the assault and killing. So it was this theory that led people to believe that possibly, like, the strangulation uh, was just a way to cover up something else. Was by going through this theory of saying, like, oh, maybe Patsy just, you know, went for it. Okay, alright. Another family possibility would be Burke Ramsey. Uh, Nine years old at the time of JonBenet's death, he was interviewed by investigators at least three times. uh, And they raised no concerns about him uh when reviewed by a child psychologist uh they stated that the ramses had quote a healthy caring family relationship um and in 1998 uh boulder police chief mark beckner shout out to you again said in an interview (laughs) with a news reporter that burke ramsey was definitely not involved in the killing of his sister and then in May 1999, the Boulder DA's office reiterated that Burke Ramsey was not a suspect, and that investigators had never really considered him a suspect since he was nine years old. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. I see. I see. However, it gets not great <laughs> later on. Um... Let's see. Uh, the Ramseys offered a $100,000 reward in a newspaper ad dated April 27, 1997. Uh, and then three days later, which was the four-month mark after JonBenet's body was found, they finally mm-hmm. submitted to separate formal interviews at the Boulder County Justice Center for the very first time ever. Convenient. Yeah, quite. Uh, and then in 1999, Colorado Governor Bill Owens, different governor, spoke out and told the Ramsey couple to quit hiding behind their attorneys and to quit hiding behind their PR firm. Oh, oh, okay. It's great. That was just out of nowhere. Well, and because of that, in 1999, the Colorado Grand Jury, I'm going to start that over because I can pronounce the word jury. <laughs> Um, in 1999, the Colorado Grand Jury voted to indict the parents. Uh, the indictment stated two counts of child abuse and said that the parents did unlawfully, knowingly, recklessly, and feloniously permit a child to be unreasonably placed in a situation that posed a threat of injury to the child's life or health, which resulted in the death of Jean-Benet Ramsey, a child under the age of 16. Okay, that sentencing makes sense regardless of if they did it or not. Uh, because that's very true. 
because it, it, exactly it's true uh yeah placed in the pageanting world is not a great place to be period not at all but even seeing like the outfits that she was in when we later go into like the pedophile theory There's a reason that a lot of, like, police and other legal people at the time were like, we should seriously consider this because that's what, that's what happened in the pageanting world. There were men there that had to pay for it. I don't remember if I mentioned this in my episode or if you're going to get into it, but didn't they live in a neighborhood with, like, 30 something oh, yeah. um we're getting like 30 something convicted sex offenders yeah, yeah they were not in a good place and also didn't no. put their daughter in very good situations to avoid people yeah. like that uh by any means even even out of the pageantine world the amount that pat like patsy herself was even like you're gonna look like a small lady right now you're mm-hmm. six <laughs> yay uh, it just didn't, it did not add up very good. No, 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 no. Uh, there were two experts who testified in the case, Barry Sheck, a DNA specialist, and Dr. Henry Lee, who was a forensic expert. So everybody's pulled in on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on October 13th, 1999, Alex Hunter, the DA at the time, <laughs> refused to sign the indictment, saying that the evidence was insufficient for prosecution. However, (laughs) the public believed that the grand jury investigation was inconclusive. Uh, Just keep going. Let's just not even... In 2002, the statute of limitations on the grand jury's charges expired, and so the jury's vote to indict was not revealed publicly until October 25th, 2013, when the previously sealed court documents were released. So did anyone, so did they get um, indicted? They did not, but only because of the DA, Alex Hunter. The jury voted to indict them, and the DA refused to sign it. But at the time, Alex Hunter, but at the time, I have a word with in you. 1999, the, all the public knew was that it was just inconclusive, so nothing happened. But this is the first okay. time in, like, in 2013, late 2013 in October, was the first time that, like, the public in the media found out that they were, clo- like, they were going to be indicted, and it was only because of Alex Hunter that they weren't. Oh, okay. They just thought that it, like, nothing really came up. Like, maybe they just couldn't okay. decide, and, like, it was, a, like, the jury was split, and then people were like, yeah, like, whatever, maybe it's, we'll just let it go, but this was the first time that they found out that this is what the jury wanted to do, and they wouldn't Got let it. Okay. <laughs> Tear. Um, and there was a show broadcast on CBS on September 18th and 19th, 2016, called The Case of Jean-Baptiste Ramsey, uh, that said that they used a group of experts to evaluate the evidence. Uh, this group theorized that Burke hit his sister in the head with a heavy object, perhaps not intending to kill her, and suggested the ransom letter was an attempt to cover up the circumstances of Jean-Baptiste's death. I'm not saying anything. And don't, because this comes back in a different section of these notes called defamation. Okay. Because this, they got in a lot of trouble for this. 
I know they did. CBS. <laughs> Do I think that is the most likely theory? Maybe. I mean, I'm not saying anything. Wink, wink. But hypothetically, wink, I'm also wink, not saying anything. I'm suspicious of the name Burke in general. Yes. Doesn't <laughs> doesn't he just hypothetically not really sound like a person who did it? Yes, exactly. Not at all, though. I'm not saying nope. that at all. I have no background. Nope. I'm not an expert. No. Nope. I'm just little Deborah from North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> um, the second major theory is the overall intruder theory, which is split yeah. into loads of different parts. Yeah. Because, you know, sure. a lot of people thought a lot of different people were the intruder. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ramseys developed a close relationship with the DA, Mary Lacey. At the time, it was Mary Lacey, not the other four people I've called by the title of DA, uh, and her pretty much entire office, which was criticized by authorities, such as the city's mayor, Leslie L. Durgan. Love it. Um, The police still suspected the Ramseys, but they followed leads for intruders, partly due to the unidentified boot mark left in the basement room where her body was found. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, police routinely ignored leads to any suspects outside the family. So, like, they followed leads, uh, but, oh. like, only for, like, a centimeter. Pretty much. Thank you, Boulder County Police. <laughs> All right. Our first kind of legit possible suspect was was Sir Bill McReynolds. He <laughs> was one of the neighbors. Okay, I don't, okay, I don't remember names, but I remember You'll know. suspects. One of the neighbors I'll, I'll probably... hired by Patsy to play Santa Claus at their Christmas yes. parties in 1995 and 1996. Yes. Uh, he and his wife were initially questioned less than six weeks after the murder. Uh, and a little backstory into him and his wife. Uh, on December 26, 1974, the couple's own nine-year-old was kidnapped along with her friend and witnessed the sexual abuse of her friend during that trauma. Oh, God, that's terrible. So, yeah. His wife, Janet, uh, as well as Bill, denied any involvement in John May's murder and stated that the couple felt, quote, sensitive to the horror due to what happened to their own child. Okay. Um, according to CNN, an original prosecutor on the Ramsey case claimed that Bill had given Charmaine a card with the message, you will receive a special gift after Christmas. Yes. And also reported that Janet, his wife, had written a play with eerie similarities to the case, a.k.a. the plot revolved around the girl who was molested and murdered in her basement. Yes, yes, no, yes, I totally remember this. So, okay. you know, a little, a little suspicious. Police were like, yeah, no. Yeah, for sure. I guess we're not looking into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they determined that the connections turned out to be purely coincidental. Both Bill and Janet submitted hair, handwriting, and blood samples, and they were never truly considered serious suspects and were eventually okay. cleared of any involvement in the crime. Okay. Uh, Bill McReynolds was also the one who was given a vial of gold glitter by John Monet at one of the parties. Yes. He took it, he took it like into one of his surgeries. And also yes, asked no, his wife yeah. to mix his ashes with them yep. after his death. Oh my god, crazy. Yeah, so like, so part of me, like, so it, people looking at him were both like, oh, sweet old Santa. And the other part, the other part was like, oh, what is oh, your wife writing? Santa, what are you doing? Yeah, and they're like, oh, nice Santa. And then it's like, oh, what is Mrs. Claus writing about now? Yeah. Like, you know, there was just Santa, enough. Santa, why are you getting to be buried like, with glitter? 
Yes. Given to you by a six-year-old. Like, just a lot. Uh, yeah. Next up, we have Linda Hoffman Pugh, the former family housekeeper, who, of course, had a key to the home. Uh, Was this the one that Patsy accused? Uh, not Probably, really. Probably, I'm guessing. Okay, not uh, really? Okay. However, she, Linda, voiced her suspicions that Patsy Ramley, that Patsy Ramsey had accidentally killed JonBenet. And was, like, adamant about this. Thank you, Linda. <laughs> uh, Patsy claims to investigators that Linda was struggling with money and asked for a loan of several thousand dollars, which Ramsey ultimately declined. Uh, the police asked for Linda's handwriting, fingerprint, and hair samples, and she testified in front of a grand jury for eight hours. Uh, oh, my God. That is included, a long time. Which included her statements against Patsy, of which there were many. <laughs> okay. So... Linda Hoffman Pugh firmly believed that, that Patsy did it. However, mm-hmm. there's the own separate theory, affectionately called the Hoffman Pugh theory, that Linda mm-hmm. was the one who did it, and that the housekeeper led a trusting JonBenet down to the basement in an attempt to trick her employers into leaving money for the ransom. Um, it was believed that it was possible that she had seen John Ramsey's pay stub for his holiday bonus and chosen that as her demand number. She also had no real alibi since she was asleep in bed with her husband asleep on the couch that night. I mean, I'd be lying if I said it didn't make sense. Like, for sure it makes sense. I And that's the hard part with this, is that each of yeah. the people that they look at... Makes sense. In any other case, there's normally only, like, one of those. And you're like, hell yeah, of course it was you, except that's yeah. everyone. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is a game of guess who except everyone looks the same it's the same exactly. person um, there was also um, Michael Helgoth um, police found an allegedly similar boot print uh, to his near the Ramsey home he was the electrician so ties to the house etc etc but he apparently committed suicide shortly after Jaminet's death I believe, like, he was found in his bedroom with, like, a pillow over his head, like, just dead. Uh, He was cleared eventually by both DNA and the fact that he was dead. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, DNA cleared him of a suspect, and his death, people were like, great. Guess we know who's not going to prison. Michael. Rest in peace. I'm so sorry. Um... Uh, overall, hundreds of DNA tests were performed to find a match. The DNA recovered during her autopsy led mm-hmm. nowhere, as you said in our last episode about this. Um, mm-hmm. Lou Smith assessed the evidence, concluded that an intruder had committed the crime. Um, on the night that Chaminade was killed, there had been two windows left slightly open to allow for the cords outside for the Christmas lights to pass through, a broken basement window, and one unlocked door. It sounds like a game yes. of clue. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Uh, Smith's theory was that someone entered the home through the broken basement window, but this has been criticized widely since there was an intact cobweb in the window, undisturbed cobwebs on the steel grate covering the window, and general yes. undisturbed foliage around the grate. So people mm-hmm. were. I've said yes like fifty times. So in people this, were like in no. this episode. I'm just violently agreeing. With there you. were also cobwebs in the tracks of various other windows and dust and debris on the window sills themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. But Smith believed that an intruder subdued JonBenet using a stun gun and then took her down to the basement where she was killed and the ransom note was left. Um, his theory okay. was supported by former FBI agent Johnny Douglas, who was hired by the Ramsey family. 
Uh, but Smith ultimately resigned from the investigation on September 20th, 1998, uh, five days after the grand jury convened against the Ramses, because he believed that the Ramses were innocent. People are just dropping like flies. <laughs> um, however, he wasn't obviously an investigator on the case anymore, but he continued to work on it until he died in 2010. Yeah. So he he believed that he was right and kept trying to do what he did best, which major props to that. It's got to be hard to believe in something that much. Yeah, no, Especially for sure. with such like high stakes as this, like mm-hmm. the murder of a child, like... Yeah, Like, props to him for still working on something so big. Even though, like, everyone's mm-hmm. telling you that you're wrong. Major props to him. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen Singular, author of Presumed Guilty, an investigation into the John Bidet Ramsey case, the media, and the culture of pornography. That's the title. <laughs> That's that, a yeah, yeah, it is. Especially for me, the one saying it. Um, <laughs> refers to consultations with cybercrime specialists who believe that John Bonet, due to beauty pageant experience, could have attracted the attention of child pornographers and or pedophiles. Uh, makes sense. No way, you know? Uh, determined mm-hmm. that there had been more than 100 burglaries in the Ramsey's neighborhood in the months before her murder and... 38 registered sex offenders living within a two-mile radius of their home. 38 registered sex within offenders. Within a two-mile radius. Two miles is nothing. <laughs> that yep. is absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. That, ugh, it's a lot. Um, in 2001, Gross. former Boulder Police Prosecutor Trip DeMuth, love it once again, uh, in Boulder County <laughs> Sheriff's Detective, Steve Ainsworth stated that there should be a more aggressive investigation of the intruder theory. So, okay. once again, they really got nowhere because you had people who super strongly believed that the Ramses did it versus the people who super strongly believed that intruder did it, um, except they got nowhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> people believe really strongly about things, and that's it. <laughs> that's That's all. Um, one other individual who Smith identified as a suspect was Gary Howard Olivia, who was arrested for two counts of attempted sexual exploitation of a child and one count of actual sexual exploitation of a child in June 2016. Okay. He was publicly identified as a suspect in an October 2002 episode of 48 Hours Investigates. Sets your little name right there. Okay. I don't remember him. He allegedly had a magazine cut out of John Bonet in his backpack when he was apprehended in 2000 in drug charges for drug charges. So, you know, not Maybe I remember His high school <laughs> friend, Michael Vale, claimed that not long after the murder, Olivia had called him saying, I yes! heard a little girl. I... I heard a little girl. I heard a little girl. Yes, I do remember. Bill. I'm like nerding out right now, which is not a good thing to say. I, I do not condone this murder. I just like when I remember things. Bill claimed that the Nazis <laughs> to fashion the garrote that strangled Jamonet were similar to those used in an incident where Olivia attempted to choke his mother with a telephone cord. Uh, to the point that when he read about Gross. the investigation in the newspaper, he said that his like blood ran cold. Because this was the first oh. person that he thought of. Uh, there were also possible connections to the good. theory linking the marks on her body to a stun gun, as he just happened to have one on him at the time of his initial arrest. 
you know, uh, a magazine cutout, a stun gun, mm-hmm. and a history mm-hmm. of choking out female people with some type of cord. Doesn't look good. Does not look good. You know, that's like three strikes right there. And, you know, he was arrested, so I guess he is out. Um, a broadcast on September 5th, 2016, called The Killing of John Bonet, The Truth Uncovered, concluded that an unidentified mm-hmm. male was responsible for her death based on forensic DNA analysis of evidence. Yeah, no, yeah. No, yeah, totally in the documentary, Dr. Lawrence Kabalinski stated that an unidentified male definitely committed this crime, which, major statement for not a lot of proof. Uh, the DA's office investigating pedophiles located the former Denver prosecutor, Craig Silverman. Craig? Craig? I don't know. <laughs> Craig? You know, Prosecutor Silverman. Uh, that the DA's office Craig. followed the intruder theory. So, that's, okay. what, that's what route the DA office is going. The police went the Ramsey route. You see once again that they got okay. nowhere. Um, Silverman heads. said, once you have conceded the possibility of an, of an intruder, I don't see how any Ramsey could ever be successfully prosecuted. That's a big statement. Uh, Gordon Coombs, once again. Hey, hey Gordon buddy. Coombs! Uh, joined, the, joined the office as an investigator under Lacey when they were testing Chabonet's clothing for touch DNA. Uh, he also said that Mary Lacey strongly supported the intruder theory and talked about it with the staff. And although not directly involved in the case, he said he was told not to voice opposition to the theory because he might lose his job. Oh, that. No, no, no. Once again, this is. There are many points in this case where it wasn't really about finding the killer. No, no, for sure. And that is what makes. That's what the so worst part is, is that case. years and years are spent yeah. in this battle between the police department Arguing and the DA's office instead of... because they each have their yeah. own theory instead of trying to combine forces in order to use whatever evidence that you have in order to find something, anything, no matter which theory it supports. Like, your goal is just to find yes. something and find someone. Not only within yes. each theory, which was often forgotten over and over mm-hmm. again during this. And now we're mm-hmm. into little Mr. False Confession. John Mark Carr. Yes, okay, yeah. I remember him too. Uh, he was a 41-year-old elementary school teacher arrested in Bangkok, Thailand <laughs> on August 15th, 2006, when he falsely confessed to murdering John Monet. Uh, Carr claimed that he had drugged, sexually assaulted, and accidentally killed her. Uh, but according to CNN, authorities also said that they didn't find any evidence linking Carr to the crime scene. Uh, in his confession, in his confession, he provided only basic facts that were definitely public knowledge and p- failed to provide any convincing details. Um, he people he confessed to crimes they didn't uh, just, commit. Uh, he claimed that he had drugged John Bonet, uh, which you know was doubted a little. Uh, because of, you know, just a little autopsy that indicated that absolutely no drugs were found in her body. <laughs> so, great job, Carr. Uh, and then the DNA samples that were taken from Carr didn't match the DNA found on JonBenet's body. Could have told you that without any DNA test. Probably- <laughs> People who confess to confess, confess to things they didn't commit are so freaking stupid, but at the same time, so funny. arrested and 
Bangkok. <laughs> like, this little, this Colorado case, and he's, like, over in Thailand, like, I did it. It's me. Really, I was not at the time. So we're swinging right into the defamation lawsuits. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I know Burke Ramsey filed oh, a lot yeah, of them. there's a lot of them. Um, Linwood, major props to him, was the Ramsey's family's uh, libel attorney. Uh, filed defamation. Can you imagine his job? Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a hefty job. He filed defamation lawsuits yeah, against sure. several people and several companies that had reported on the case starting in 1999 and pretty much just kept on going from there. Um, he sued Star Magazine and its parent company, American Media Inc., on their son's behalf in 1999. Um, and defamation suits have been filed by the Ramses and their friends against several unnamed media outlets. Fair to say all of them. <laughs> Another of defamation them. suit was filed in 2001 against the authors and the publisher of John Bonet Inside the Ramsey Murder Investigation, published in 2000. So it really took a year for them to be sued for yeah. defamation. Um, and the suit against Don Davis, Stephen Thomas, and all of St. Martin's Press was settled out of court the following year. John and Patsy <laughs> Ramsey were sued in two defamation lawsuits arising from the publication of their book, The Death of Innocence, published in 2001. Yeah. They have a book? Um, the lawsuits were brought, oh, the lawsuits I'll were have brought to read by it. two persons named in the book who were said to have been investigated by Boulder police as suspects in the case. The Ramseys were defended in the lawsuits by, once again, Mr. Lynn Wood and three other Atlanta attorneys, uh, obtained the dismissal of both lawsuits, and the U.S. District Court Judge Julie Carnes later concluded that abundant evidence in the murder case pointed to an intruder having committed the crime. <laughs> so, they're still fighting this, and the Ramseys cannot uh, yeah. break. Um, in no, November 2006, Rod Westmoreland, a friend of John Ramsey, filed the defamation suit against an anonymous web surfer who had posted two messages on the on internet forums using the pseudonym Under the Radar, implicating Westmoreland in the murder. <laughs> so, this is great. At this point, I would have wanted no, like, I would have loved to not be a friend of the Ramseys during this time. I would have been, like, like yes, people exactly. of their neighbors who, like, they maybe said hi to once, but, like, didn't invite over for dinner. I would be like, yes. <laughs> Thank God. Um, during a September 2016 interview with CBS Detroit in the case of Jamine Ramsey, the one we were talking about earlier, um, forensic pathologist mm -hmm. Dr. Warner Spitz accused Bird Ramsey of killing his sister. And then, flash forward a month okay. later, October 6th, 2016, Bird filed the defamation lawsuit against <laughs> Bird and his attorneys, who included Lynn Wood, gang gang, sought a total of $150 million in punitive and compensatory damages. For some reason, I really thought you were about to say $150 million no. defamation but They wanted $150 million, like, yep. million dollars in damages. <laughs> um, and Wood said that he would also file a suit okay. against CBS at the end of October. On, de on December 28, <laughs> 2016, Burke Ramsey's lawyers filed an additional civil lawsuit that accused CBS, the production company Critical Content LLC, and seven experts and consultants of defamation of character. They sought $250 million in damages. Whoa. And another 
$500 million in punitive damages. A grand total of $750 million. Oh, Lord Um, Jesus. on On top of the other $150 million they sought before, as well as the, like, 1,800 other civil lawsuits, mostly involving Bert Ramsey. <laughs> and yeah, that's that's it. I felt like that was important to include because there's so many. <laughs> Which, well, thank you very welcome. much. <laughs> it was very jumbled information, to which I apologize. However, it is what it is. <laughs> It makes me so upset because we're laughing and we're joking this whole episode, but also this is a little girl that got brutally murdered and we cannot find her killer and it will forever upset me till the day and I it die. Will, it will it's so disappointing. The major reason why no work got done is because this just turned out to be a competition between two sides of the law mm-hmm. that were really just going for the same thing. And like... Exactly. It's I regardless disgusting. of it's like one of the Ramses, maybe in like the two percent chance that they actually did do it, they never mm-hmm. suspected that they did it mm-hmm. like together. It was either one yeah. or and either or way the other. at least one parent lost their kid in a horrible way that they never expected. Most likely the both of them. It's... Like without a doubt. It's absolutely awful and again we're not saying anything yes, these are these all are, just these are all theories other people's um, theories no yes not ours <laughs> um if you would like to um what social media on if you would like to if you would like to follow us on instagram you can do that at blood and guts pod to keep up with future episode announcements if you would like to follow us on twitter we do the same thing there at blood underscore guts pod you can check out our website at this is a long one so stay with me blood and guts pod.wixsite.com slash horror podcast and reminder we're broke students don't make fun of us for not having our own domain um Submit us anything you want at bloodgutspod at gmail.com. And PSA, put victims yeah, first. Not really a PSA, but also just a general, like, absolute rest in peace to Chaminade Ramsey. Like, I am so Absol- like, absolutely sorry for her family members. Yes. Any of even the neighbors that were mentioned in other people's books and other people's random mm-hmm. like random all of her friends compilings of people who didn't like even know them like i'm incredibly sorry for mm-hmm. that it is a terrible thing to even yeah. be involved in whether as the parents or mm-hmm. someone who just happened to be around because you knew them like it's been twisted yeah. by so many people in so many different ways and absolute like i'm sorry for that yeah She's she was such a cutie too. I mean, she was such a cute kid. Adult. Absolutely Disgusting. nothing in her life could have been spun around to where anyone could say like, "Oh yeah, but she deserved that." Like it's not like one of the adults who gets killed, no, and you're like, "Oh, all. but he did this terrible thing, so maybe there was a good reason." Like this was a six year old mm-hmm. little girl, and I am 
incredibly sorry for the fact that to this day there's nothing. Yes. There's nothing there. Yeah. After all no. these after all these years and all these different all these different <laughs> yeah. DAs, all these different governors and how like all these names that I read through and not one of them could do anything do anything give any substantial yeah. so, effort very to sorry for that. um <laughs> on that terrible note uh we hope you enjoyed this episode we hope you enjoyed our john benet series and we will be back on wednesday for yeah. another mini pageant episode carefully. <laughs> yes pageant bye. carefully bye everyone